What's up, ding dongs? Yikes. Um, did you hear? Did I hear what? That after 2022, you're not allowed to say that anymore. I don't think that's true. Yes, they made some rules around it. Uh, they did? Yes, did they? the FCC, the goddamn FCC made some <laughs> rules, Corey. They're cracking down on the word ding dong. Oh, gosh. I'm it's so one, sorry to hear that. They moved from that. seven to eight words you can't say on the air. <laughs> I have a cease and desist letter for you. Uh, I'll I'll take a look at that. Get with my attorneys. I'll have yep. my people yep. call the FCC. We'll work something out. Work something Don't out. Don't worry about it. But while I can still say it, I'll say it again. What's up, ding dongs? Welcome to the Side Talks podcast, a podcast about movies. That's right. Who are you? I'm Rachel Morgan. I'm Corey Kraft. We're going to talk about movies now. So now it's time for a segment of the podcast called Phone a Friend, where we do just that. Phone a friend. Hello. McBroBro, it's Corey and Rachel. Hi. Oh my gosh, hi. What is going on? What you been watching? Okay, well, um, all right, I teased this a few weeks ago, um, <laughs> and I have I have done it. Um, I watched the sequel to Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so happy for it. Pants so, update. V- 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 very different film, isn't it, from the first one? I mean, um, is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's a little more adult. It's got, it's got like a slight little bit of an edge to it. Just yeah, a there's slight. a couple. There's a, yeah, you're right. There's some, yeah, a little bit of um, some adult themes here and there. Um well, I guess I'll just sort of do a little. Okay, so Corey, have you seen have you seen this one? No, absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will give you a brief little update on our ladies. Um, so now it's 2008, um, and I think that they're probably sophomores in college. It's the summer between um, some years, so I think that they're like sophomore ish age. And um, okay, so here's the rundown. Okay, Alexis Liddell, her character is Lena. Um, at her grandma's funeral in Greece, um, her ex, who was like a big deal in the first movie, um, well, they've been long distance, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Okay. He now has a wife and a baby on the way. (gasps) I told you there was edge. Wow. It was edgy. I was like, what? So it was, yeah. So she was all like, oof, I gotta, I don't gotta get out of here. And so she is doing a summer kind of art class thing at, um, the Rhode Island School of Design, getting her art on. Get that RISD and life. Get that uh, the uh, RISD the, life. The guess who's an alma whose alma mater that is? Who's Gus Van Zandt? Yeah, all right. So you oh, got yeah. RISD. A, 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 you got Rory Gilmore, and you, <laughs> and you have Gus Van Zandt. Same world. Same, same, same. Uh, so yeah, so she does meet a new fella, um, and she meets him in class, and then guess what? Spoiler alert: he is the nude model and then all of a sudden they're chatting and she's being all sexy and then he goes and he gets naked and he's like standing <laughs> up there in class. I mean, you don't see any dangles or anything at all you know you do see you do see his like d'angelo bones and they look good they look really good but you know what i'm talking about right I, yes Okay, yeah, from, you do, right? The D'Angelo video? Yeah, yeah. 90, super I hot. You got definitely that. know this video. <laughs> so you do see that on this dude, but that's about as low as they go. But, um, you know, and she's all flustered, like, oh, oh, oh he's naked now, and then i got to draw his dick and everything. But, um, 
they become buds and they kind of date and this and that. But I'm not going to give it away. She does. There's some more, you know, back and forth with the Greek guy and and some things with his new wife aren't what they appeared to be. You know, so so her her journey. There's romance in many places. Um, I told you there was edge in this, and y'all didn't. You, Corey's kind of like right, he kind of he kind of brushed it off, brushed it off. I but did. Here we've no, got Sisterhood of the Traveling D. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, speaking of that, okay, Tibby, played by Amber Tamblin. Okay, she now works at a cool video slash DVD shop in New York City. Cool. While she goes to NYU for film. So she's doing a, like a very New York sort of situation. Well, so her boyfriend that she had met through the uh, cancer friend in the first film is they're now, you know, together, but they're sort of like long distance, but uh, you know, they're together and stuff. And he's visiting her at school. And um, guess what happens? Edge. Edge. Um, the condom broke. <gasps> so there's sex in this thing. This is a sexy, Good sexy Lord. movie. Lord. It does kind of do the pan to window, though, when they're boning. Like, it's like they don't actually show it so much. It's like the lead up, and then it's happening in sort of, you know, pan to window kind of thing. So we don't actually see the, you know, the action. But then we learn afterwards the condom broke, and then there's a whole pregnancy scare sort of arc for her. So, again, edge, edge, edge all over the place. Um, <laughs> and then, okay, so let's see. Carmen, played by America Ferreira, she is doing her, uh, they're all very scattered everywhere. She is doing a summer theater internship in Vermont. And um, it actually goes to Yale as well, like for regular season. Yale. And um, she has a prego mom, which is like a really big age difference. But I think the mom remarried. And, you know, because the last movie, they sort of followed her dad's storyline and his new family and whatnot. And so this one, the mom is prego. And she, but she's in Vermont and that whole thing. And then this is a fun feature. Kyle McLaughlin is what? the um, theater director guy, which is really fun. Weird. Well, I mean, who is his agent? It's just nuts. Adding this to <laughs> this the shit, watch list. He shows up in some random ass shit, Sex in the City. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, okay. And then, of course, her love interest is this British guy who's there for this internship or whatever. And he, he encourages her because she was going to do stagehand stuff, and he encourages her to audition for the part. And okay, guess what? She got the part. Um, okay, so apparently, here's what I think was intended. She was reading. He was like, "Read the lines with me, and you can audition." And she, I think, what it is is that she got the part because Kyle McLaughlin was so moved by her, I guess, character. Yeah. Um, playing against this guy, which I think what it's supposed to be is that she is so smitten with this guy yeah. that she did really good, and she got the part because of it. But I don't think she did good at all. It was like barely in good, and I would not have picked her. And I don't really understand it. And it wasn't. It didn't seem like she was way better because of. Yeah, I remember this. I remember this, Lisa. I remember being like, "Wait, so she did? She lose? She lost the part? I thought at first that made she made she lost the part because it was so downplayed. Hmm. So so it's it's very. I I remember that being very strange. Yeah. And also her acting throughout, it really seems to vary kind of based on her personal life. Like if whenever she's doing, you know, dress rehearsals and all this stuff, like if there's drama or something or like going on with the guy, because I think her roommate kind of is interested in him. And so she's feeling bad about it. Then she's like worse acting. But if she's, it, it's sort of like she, she's not good at any point, but like she seems to be worse when she lets her personal life interfere with her feelings. I'm just saying that's not very good thespian because you need to be able to disconnect your personal <laughs> life from your characters, right? 
yeah, drag her ass. Yeah. It's a bit, I remember yeah. it being a bit like, you know, if you're watching a film and, and everybody's acting like there was a home run, but there wasn't a home run, that's what it feels like. <laughs> that's what it was. I was like, wait, did she do good just now? Like, what? And then when they, you know, the scene where they all run up to the, the piece of paper taped on the door to look at their names and see who got the part. And then, you know, everyone's like, congratulations. And she's like, dumbfounded. Yeah, I'm dumbfounded too. <laughs> right. What are you talking about? Right. We all and, were. Well, yeah. Um, okay. And then our girl, Blake Lively. Mabu. Mabu. Bridget. She has, okay, a soccer scholarship at Brown. But this is the weirdest one. She is in Turkey, the country of Turkey, for the summer <laughs> for an archaeological dig. Like, what? It's like they didn't know what to do with her because her whole first movie arc was just soccer and boys and, and like, dead mom soccer. Send her ass to like, Turkey. Right. They're like, oh, turkey. Oh, digging up bones. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, sure. And it seemed like they were just randomly picking that. And then, like, okay, first of all, I do not think she is really very good at archaeology because um, at one point she was playing, they were playing soccer, and she was chasing a ball, and she fully crashed through this, like, part that was cordoned off that yeah. was this, like, ancient archaeological site. She, like, busts through it, and dust is everywhere. And she's like, oopsie. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> There's years some, of, like, bones yeah, stuff. there's a T-Rex jaw right there, but <laughs> not anymore. Yeah, you've broken it in half. <laughs> and also, when she sends the... First of all, don't don't forget about the pants. The reason we're here. When she sends the pants on <laughs> in the next iteration, she sends... A, they're really dusty. Like, she puts some, some Turkish archaeological that, dig dust in there. For Turkish dust. Turkish dust. Um, but she sends them on with a picture of her holding up a human skull and, like, kissing it. Which... I just think, again, <laughs> like, what archaeological site allows some 20-year-old girl to just kiss a human soul that they just found in the dirt or whatever? You know what I mean? It just feels like there's some protocol. Know. Those are a dime of a, do- dime a dozen in Turkey. Yeah. You basically step on a skull <laughs> every five feet. So. You, you need a skull. I can get you a skull. Kiss it. Yeah, yeah. Kiss it when you can. Earlier. Kiss it. Um, well, so, okay, so here's the, again, her story is nuts because, okay, so when she was at her dad's house before she left for Turkey, she found this pile of letters to her from her grandma that apparently her dad had hidden <sighs> because it's her, 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 you know, her deceased mother's mother. So I think, you know, he was just keeping her safe and keeping away from her and blah, blah, blah. Well, she got them. Then she went all the way to Turkey before she read them. And then once she was there, she has this very cool teacher lady that very like opened up her world. And she's an actress that she's in a lot of stuff. Hold on. Let me pull up her name. Cause I don't remember. Okay. She's, she's in so many things. She's like got a really beautiful voice. Her name's Sheree Agdashlu. Yeah. Her, y'all would know her. Yeah. I, she's in so many things. I was like, Oh, that's lady. Well, she's this cool teacher who sort of guides, um, Blake, I mean, uh, Bridget to find her way and whatnot. And so she finally reads these letters from her grandma. And then all of a sudden, she freaking leaves Turkey and flies to guess where her grandma lives, y'all? Miami? No. Um, Greece. Alabama. What? Oh, I forgot this. I totally blocked this out. She ran away to Alabama and she like left a note on her bed at her like dorm room in Turkey. Like, sorry, I had to go you know, find this out for myself, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, okay, first of all, how much is a flight, like, a last-minute plane ticket from Turkey to Alabama cost? Oh, like, I mean, 2K. Probably 2K. Yeah, yeah, with, like, a 23-hour layover. Absolutely. 
And then uh, she, okay, this is this is rude, okay? They show her on, like, a 1960s-looking bus rolling into Alabama next to a very, like, rusty, crusty state sign. And <laughs> it's just like a really heavy Bama burn. Like, what do you, why are you going to make it look, like, extra like, primitive, okay? Like, you know, she doesn't age. I know, like, tur- we have turkey's looking stuff. good, too, in this thing. Turkey looks she, nice and shiny. <laughs> Why did she have to take a bus into the state of Alabama? We do have airports. No, we don't. We don't. Oh my god, we have a no air, no, no airport. That's a really good point. Okay, you know what? But to be fair, she probably would have flown into Atlanta if you think about it. You know, I guess, but we do have. But yeah, you can you can transfer. Yeah, I know, I know. know. Um, But then this is the the biggest surprise of all. She goes to Grandma's house, and of course they have a whole you know getting to know each other again and you know bonding time. But guess who her grandma is played by? I don't remember. Jane Fonda. Y'all guess, and then just dead silence. I mean, Um, no, Blythe Blythe Danner. Oh, oh, nice. Yeah, it's pretty pleasant. It's very thick, very southern drawl. Like they really, really, really hammed it up. Um, Well, we grab her anytime Alabama's mentioned. Go get Mm -hmm, Blythe. mm Somebody grab somebody grab Blythe. We got a scene in Alabama. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's kind of um, the 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 gist of the stories with everybody. But I did have some fashion notes real quick. Um, Can I ask you one thing real quick first, Lisa? My yes. vague my vague recollection of this is that the first of all, some of the casting changed with the dad. Am I right about that? Like from from the first installment okay, of this I to the second? Or Bridget's dad, you mean? Yeah. I don't actually remember. He's just like a very generic dad, and I actually don't even remember him from the first one. You I'm know what pretty I mean? like sure so the cast. Brief. I need to look at this, but I'm pretty sure the casting changes. And it's and it, it. I think because I watched them one after the other, and I do remember thinking in this one that the dad was one of the worst actors I've ever seen in my life. Whoa! And I, I could be wrong. I need to go check this so I'm not just you know throw, <laughs> throwing his name onto the fire for no reason. But he also is like the worst dad in the world. Like he hides these letters. He's just I, the whole thing was a mess. A mess. No, that's terrible. I I agree. I and he's there's a lot of parts where she just comes home and he's like laying on the sofa and she's like I'm home, Dad. And he's like oh hey and it just yeah I I don't know. He worst was, dad yeah, ever. I didn't even know. So yeah, worst dad ever. I just looked it up. The actor's name is Ernie Lively. He is the actual mm-hmm. father of Blake Lively. That explains everything. Oh, that's why he's so bad at acting. Sick well, he's not a real actor. he was a real actor and an acting oh. coach. He's since what? passed. He should. Um, well, R.I.P. First of all, let's get that out of the way. R.I.P. But also, he shouldn't have been doing that job. Wow, he shouldn't Sorry. have been playing the father of Sorry. Blake Lively. <laughs> Sorry. Damn. <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay, so a few fashion notes. I will say, okay, not enough action. Like they do. There's some a little. There's not really a full montage of them trying them on, but they do kind of at the at the credits or the intro. They sort of do um, a flyover of the jeans and they've been embroidered it was various like commemorations of events and travels in the girls lives and they've noticeably faded they're much lighter now yeah like, they're dusty happy. as hell in this if i'm remembering they're correctly very, they got that turkish archaeological dust yeah um but yeah there's just not a ton of of them wearing of the jeans and i will say this listen to this speaking of uh carmen here she did not even wear them. She was so flustered with her whole Vermont theater internship. She didn't even put them on and she was all annoyed. And then she just passed them on and said in her note, they didn't work for her. Like what? 
not a team player, okay? You know, <laughs> Don't question like, these jeans if you haven't even put yes. them on. You're going to question these jeans. You hadn't even put them on. And also, let's remember from our conversation last time that that's a hot item to have. When you're wearing these jeans, shit goes right for you. Don't tell me to send you these jeans if you're not going to wear these jeans because I might need these jeans. Am I wrong? Exactly. Don't wait magic by just <laughs> leaving them lying around. Yeah, exactly. I know. I was I was so annoyed. She was not being a team player. Corey, uh-huh. if I ever send you a pair of jeans in the mail that somehow <laughs> fit both of us, bitch, you better wear those jeans or send them right back to me. If they were somehow to fit both of us they are truly fucking magic jewels. well have you not seen this cast i mean this is all shapes and sizes we've talked about this these are magic fucking jeans wear the fucking jeans okay and i will say she needed to have worn them because in one scene carmen has on listen to this this is so 2008 two different shades of brown Ooh. a brown top and a brown pants. Ooh. i mean come on what a, what a faux pas put the jeans on totally bitch terrible if you didn't believe in the magic of the jeans anymore and you're all frustrated, like, at least cut the brown with some of the denim, you know? Like, how did she What did she think? And then um, I will say Tibby, Amber Tamlin, she's also very 2008. She's got, like, chunky beaded necklaces, tiny black vest, angel wing earrings Ooh. with matching angel wing necklace. Um, yeah, it's, you know, and Brian, the, um, the, the, the love guy, the, you know, the boyfriend character, um, he has a fedora at one point, and I mentioned that. And Tony, I don't know why he knows so much about hats, but he corrected me. He said that it's actually a trilby, apparently. <laughs> so hat people. He doesn't own either of those hats. So, like, I don't know how he knows this hat fact. But, I um, bet anyway, somewhere, have- I bet we could find a photo of Tony at some point wearing a fedora. We can, we can like find we could, no photos yeah, oh. of me wearing a fedora. Uh, actually, Do actually not, Corey, we don't a, have to mention it. Just so you know, Lisa, there's a photo of Corey wearing a fedora on the taped on the office the door of our office. And he, it was when he was writing for the newspaper, I believe. So he was looking, you know. Oh, yeah. God. I mean, it was not, let's say, a great decision. The crimson and white. He had to wear that hat to be able to write. Didn't have to, chose to, which makes it all the worse. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, well, I can assure he's never worn a fedora um, that I've ever seen. He dabbled in baseball hats. He has a few of those. Cats. Yeah. What do you call them? Cats. Yeah, cats. Yeah. Um, but no, but yeah. So, um, and then let me see. Any other notes? Oh, the British suitor of Carmen, he also wears a vest at one point. So, like, you know, there was, like, a lot of vests going on back then. And um, and then my final note, okay, is I think I said in the first one I cried, I think, four times. It was pretty much, like, one per one cry per character because, right. you know, each story wraps up climactically kind of back to back and you're like oh i'm so i'm so emotional okay i only cried three times this time (laughs) (laughs) well one of these bitches didn't wear the jeans so you don't get you don't get the fucking cry you're right straight up you're right that's because i only cried three times you're right um yes and it was yes yeah so um but i still you know it still got me it still got me i was you know i'm i'm their target customer i guess so even now what like almost 15 years later i'm still i'm still uh i'm here for it i guess but um you told me last time that there was rumor or there's an online screenplay about a a, a third that's right season or third um installment perhaps so yep. um you ha- do you have any intel on that? Is that I haven't is looked that into it since. I do need to look again because now is a good time if they're still in pre-production to write an email and make sure that this time around we need all the young women to wear the pants. We exactly. can't we can't do this again. We can't do this again. You think it was a budgetary thing? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I do. 
trying to cut corners with the pants. Cut corners with the pant. Put it in the budget. I need all these women to wear the pants. (laughs) They're not traveling pants if we're not all wearing them. Exactly. The magic. It's there. So we'll have to do a little research and see, but I'm I'm anxiously awaiting. I mean, Elisa, I feel like we're going to see this in the theater. Should it should it come out? Okay. Yes. If this happens for real, we are going. I am pumped. I know. We need to put it on our agenda. We got a Taylor Swift brunch coming up. Redux. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, if Reba ever makes it back out again, we'll be doing that. Oh, you know, it's the tragedy that we've we've been hit with this month is that we won't be going to see Fleetwood Mac because oh, yeah. Christy oh, McVie, my angel, uh, my beautiful seriously. little angel, R.I.P. R.I.P. That's real big bummer. For real and real. Mm. I know. R.I.P. <laughs> But anyway, we'll, you know, I don't know. If Stevie and Lindsay were out there, we might still go. We might still go. See, here's the thing. When we saw them the, a few years ago, you know, Lindsay was not there. And I was saying, okay, they need to make amends as they do and get back together so I can see the whole group together eventually. And now I'll never really get to. I mean, yes, I do. I still would love a Stevie-Lindsay mashup. But, yeah, oh, it'll never be a whole complete set anymore. No, it'll, it'll never yeah. be the same. Never be the same. No, never. So take that to heart. When you have a chance to see a band like Fleetwood Mac, when they're all still with us, go see them. The same reason yeah. I'm not going to see ZZ Top. There's only two of my boys are still left. Yeah. R.I.P. R.I.P. And these pants. Brings us back to these pants. <laughs> while, you got the, while you've got them. R.I.P. Yes, wear them. Wear them. I need you all the women wear to wear them. them when they got them. Because one point, there's gonna, we're going to be down to three, two, one. Wow. Well, especially if your other options are just brown. Jesus. <laughs> we're playing the we're playing the who's gonna die first game with the cast of Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Don't make that us go there, Corey, because we will. That is not we where will. I thought this was gonna go. <laughs> we will ultimately. And it better be Rory last because I need, you know, a year in the life part deuce. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ross. Well we'll I'll see you this weekend. Okay, okay, see you then. All right, bye. 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 All right, let's go. Big, big bucks. Today's my day. Let's go. Big bucks. No whammies. No whammies. Big bucks. Big bucks. Here we go. Stop. Oh, there it is. A there it is. A bolt of lightning to ring in our filmmaker lightning round. Let's do it. Today we are going to talk about <laughs> a person who's had a career with some real ups and some real downs. We're talking about Mr. John Travolta on today's Filmmaker Lightning Round. And, I, and, and Rachel, I got to tell you, yeah. much in the way that, that you, I don't think this is oversimplifying your argument, um, think Kevin Costner is boring uh, and kind of dull and gives the same sort of performance every, yeah. every time. Yep. I kind of feel that way about Travolta. I'm not going to argue that with you. Travolta is not one of my guys. He's not. Is he anybody's guy? I mean, he must be, right? Because he I keeps hanging in there. Do I think John Travolta has given some excellent performances? Yeah, I sure. do. I think he's in a handful of excellent movies. But looking through this filmography, yeah. Rachel. Oh, my it's bad. goodness. You know what? It's as bad as if you haven't spent any time on this IMDb page. Go take a look, because as bad as you think it is, it's way, way, way worse. There are like 50 secret movies there. I mean, I'm talking it, it's movies terrible. that nobody has ever heard of or seen. And it's terrible. I think he's he's good with the right director, with uh-huh. the right casting. With the right screenplay. Yeah, with... but he, first of all, I don't think he says no to anything. Well, not anymore. 
And that's for sure. It, there's a lot of bad shit on this list. Truly. Well, let's start with some of the good shit. Okay. Um, a movie by with John Travolta that you love. Urban Cowboy, of yeah. course. Sure. It has a special place in my heart. I also think this is Travolta at his best. Okay. I think he's really, really good in this. And again, I think this is great direction. Uh-huh. I think this is great casting. And I think this is great energy against Deborah Winger. I think him and Deborah Winger play off each other in this really, really wonderful way. And there's something innately sort of Southern about Travolta, which is a weird thing to say, but there, he's able to carry that that Texas thing in, in this way that I think really, really works. And he's, he's also at this point, he's looking his best. He's in great shape. I don't know. He's just, he's, he's, he's made for this film and this is on the top of my list for him. Well, still a movie I've never seen. Um, yeah. and one day I should remedy that. Yeah. Um, well, uh, one of those directors who knows how to get great performances out of Travolta, or at least seem to uh, for a little while there, is Mr. Brian De Palma. And the movie yeah. that I love with John Travolta is Blowout, um, sure. which might be my absolute favorite John Travolta performance yeah. um, in that great sort of thriller riff on Antonioni's Blow Up. Uh, where he plays a sound recording engineer for some schlocky horror movies who, while out trying to record sounds one night, may witness um, a suspicious death and gets caught up in a pretty major conspiracy. Um, I think he's fantastic in Blowout, especially at the end of the movie. Um, And with respect to his other sort of canonically great performances in something like Pulp Fiction um, or even his small role in Carrie, which is another movie that I love. Um, Blowout is the one that that I'm going with here. And and all of its sort of 70s glory too, right? It has a 70s aesthetic that's really not like anything else, which you could say is is true of Carrie as well. And I think Travolta just has a look of somebody who – was at their peak in the 1970s. He's just got this incredible 70s aesthetic. And it's when it's used, it is brilliant. And I, I should mention that I've never seen, and this is, I mean, another thing that I've just yeah. never never seen, his uh, Oscar-nominated performance in Saturday Night Fever. I've, oh, I've never okay. seen that movie. Well, Saturday Night Fever is way darker than you think it's going to be because it's, yes. it's packaged to you in this way that's the, all the dancing and the fun. But it's, it's not, not a, a fun film. It's not a fun movie from what I understand. It is and not a fun film. He's very good in it, and he, he it's the aesthetic is there for that as well. And the guy can dance. I mean, that's sure. the other thing, right? This is where this is why he's in Greece. This is why he's an urban cowboy. This is why he's in Saturday Night Fever. Dare we mention staying alive? But regardless, the guy can dance. And, and of course, Quentin knew that in Pulp Fiction. So, sure. Yeah. I mean, I think he's best when he's dancing. He's best when he's 70s-ing. I'm going to use that as a term. And just kind of looking look the part. Yeah. That's right. Well, what's a movie with John Travolta that you like more than most people seem to? So, I mean, I could probably answer a couple of things, including Urban Cowboy. I don't think it's on the top of anybody's list, really. Uh-huh. But I'm going to go with In a Valley of Violence because it's one that not yeah. many people know. A lot of people haven't seen. It is a Ty West film, am I correct? That's right. And a Sidewalk Opening Night film, 2016. And it's a great freaking film. And by the way, Travolta's great in it. Yeah, um, that's a really fun movie. He's paired against Ethan Hawke in that movie, and you've got that fun sort of askew Ty West take on uh, Western. Um, 
Ty West, by the way, director this year of both X and Pearl, which yep. is, you know, a darling uh, duo on the internet. Uh, people have come around on Ty West in a big way. He had yep. a great year and, and was our guest that year for the opening night screening of In, In a Valley of Violence. So good pick there. A movie I really like. And shout out Ty West for uh, knocking it out of the park this year, bud. Keep them yep. coming. Um, we talked about dancing just a moment ago and the movie that I like more than most people. I actually don't know what this movie's reputation is. It's not really talked about anymore, but I do kind of like the 2007 adaptation of the Broadway musical Hairspray where oh, John no. Travolta, um, oh, Corey, is in, Sam? uh, he, he gone. Sam is gone. Okay, I'm going to slack him right now. You go right ahead. Uh, Travolta is in the role of uh, Edna Turnblatt, the uh, role that Divine made famous in John Waters' original film. This is not okay. Uh, You're, you know, you seem you seem mad. Where are you mad about the movie? Are you mad about like the fact that? I'm mad about all of it. Okay, I'm really pissed about all of it, and so I'm slacking right now. It's not a bad movie. It's a terrible fucking movie. You've got Michelle Pfeiffer vamping it up. You've got fun songs and dancing. It's good. Fuck off. It's good. What are you talking about? Fuck off. Just keep going. How did this get so controversial? I know. Uh, well, it's going to... Redux. Redux. Keep going. Okay. Uh, I don't have anything else to say. He's fun in the movie. It's an obviously silly role, you know, in drag or whatever. And he dances with Christopher Walken. And he just kind of has like a, a, a fun time with a little bit of pathos to that character, which could have been uh, in lesser hands, a complete joke. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And the the message I just got in our Slack chat, Corey likes the fucking remake of Hairspray <laughs> fight topic. I had to give Sam a note. Well, He's not here today. We'll revisit that on a future recording, <sighs> I guess. Yeah. yeah. What's what's the question? All right. Your question is a movie with John Travolta that you don't like as okay. much as most people do. Everybody hold on to your fucking hats. You're Hairspray. about to get pissed. You're about to get pissed. Pulp Fiction. Yeah, but you've already you went there a few weeks ago. Yeah, but ago. it's a legitimate answer to this question. It's a, dumb it's a legitimate answer, this answer question. to this question. I regret asking it. I mean, I could also say hairspray, but I think that that film is is really hated. I don't think it's hated. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Pulp Fiction. I'll ask my theater kids. Yeah, they probably are into it. Yeah. Uh, well, everybody's gonna get mad at me for my answer. Let's hear it. It's Grease. I don't like Grease. I'm not mad at you. I don't like it. I'm I don't, not mad I don't think at it's you. a good movie. I liked it as a kid. I think, I, I think that there's some stuff there, but um, yeah, I like Grease too. Yeah, and, and I watched a little bit of that during the bad movie marathon. Grease two is a lot year. of fun. Um, I wasn't into it. I wanna see. Oh oh l. I wanna r i d e r. I mean, I would not say it's outrageous to suggest that Grease two is more enjoyable or better than Grease. From yeah, what I well, saw, we're about to get roasted up in here. Yeah, well, whatever. Come at us. Come at us. We're slaughtering all these sacred cows. We don't care. I mean, Rachel just yelled at me over a fairly Listen, anodyne musical I, from two, 20, uh, uh, 2007 and in the same breath slandered Pulp Fiction. So obviously, oh, we don't give cares? a fuck. That's true. Podcast at sidewalkfest.com. Come at us, motherfuckers. Let me redeem ourselves a little bit and right. say I do love Olivia Newton-John. I think she's good in the film. I don't like the film, but I think she's good in it. And when I was a little kid, I thought she was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen in my life. And I lined up time and time again to see Grease. But I think it was more to bask in the glow of Olivia Newton-John than to actually enjoy that film. Every time John Travolta was on screen, you were like, boo! <laughs> 
Get off the screen, asshole. Yeah, what's next? What's a movie you need to rewatch featuring uh, John Travolta besides Pulp Fiction, obviously? No. Um, Blowout. I actually listed that one. Yeah. I haven't seen it in forever. I don't know that I've actually seen it in its entirety, at least in a in a way that I was really atten- oh, attending to the film. Oh, but I do love the awesome. aesthetic of it, and uh, I'm really I'm into it. So yeah. I, I'd like to sit down and really give it a good look. It might be a good one to throw on a screen at Sidewalk sometime. I what think do y'all think? So because I'm a De Palma maniac, I'll take any excuse to watch De Palma. Yeah, on the a little big De Palma marathon might be kind of cool. Hell yeah. Um, this is not a movie I need to rewatch. It's a movie that I need to watch for the first time because despite yeah. um, seeing a lot of Travolta movies, there are a few from that post-Pulp Fiction run in the 90s where he was on top of the world again that I missed. And one of the ones I missed is one of the better received post-Pulp Fiction performances of his in Get Shorty. I've never seen Get Shorty. Oh, I don't think you're missing um, anything there. Yeah, but it's got Gene Hackman in it, and I uh. feel duty-bound to give anything that Gene Hackman is in uh, at least uh, some consideration. All right. Besides, I like Elmore Leonard, uh, the author whose work was adapted into Get Shorty, um, and it's directed by Barry Sonnenfeld, who was Fine. still kind of in the swing of his career post-Adams uh, Family movies there. So one of these days I should really see that because it, it does have a pretty decent reputation as far as these sort of 90s movies go. The rest of the 90s movies, by the way, Oh boy! You ever seen Phenomenon? That's a I have not. That is a fucking disaster. I have not. Or that Nora Ephron Angel movie, Michael, where he's playing. Ooh, I would he plays like the to angel. see that. Though. That sounds terrible. I mean, you. Uh, that is a VHS movie for you. Those are both VHS Michael, movies. Michael, I'm making for a note you. of Michael it. Michael and I Phenomenon. I think I've passed that up. But you know, the cover to Get Shorty is just absolutely terrible. Just like him and Danny Ugh, DeVito it just, and Gene It's Hackman like it's and, so discouraging. Yeah. Who wants to pick that up and watch that? No maybe, one. Maybe that's contributed to the fact that I uh, haven't seen it. Um, and then, of Probably. course, uh, we we cannot end this lightning round. We're go- about to end it, but we cannot end it without mentioning Face Off, which, right. you know, the words best movie ever made get thrown around a lot these days. But um, I think Face Off is a real contender for the crown, given that it features my beloved Sir Nicolas Cage as well. And they're going nuts in it. In yeah, it rules. it's worth a mention. And so is perfect. You know, <laughs> speaking of thrusting. Yeah. Perfect. There you go. All right. Jamie Lee Curtis in Perfect. Uh, So that's the Filmmaker Lightning Round, uh, where we discuss the work of John Travolta. Um, That's that's it. it. Bye. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Side Talks podcast. We're your own personal cinematic, J.K. Rowling, and the entire publishing industry. (laughs) J.K. Rowling and most people these Uh, days. True. True. Um, But I thought I'd just put a little spotlight on the entire publishing industry. So do you want to be J.K. or do you want to be the entire publishing industry? I mean, I, I'd really <laughs> rather not be J.K. Rowling. Uh, probably, probably I, best to to dodge that bullet. Yeah, I I'll mean, take it. Talk you know, about. I'd like the bank account, wouldn't you? You ever see that cartoon of the guy riding a bike and he just sticks a a stick through the the spokes of the, his front tire yeah, of and flips over and um, you know he hurts himself? That is exactly what J.K. Rowling has done. Um, one of the richest people on the planet. And she can't stop fucking tweeting. Yeah, it's odd. I don't know. Just don't say anything. But, you know, at the same time, let's 
let's just say you just mentioned one of the richest people on the planet she can do whatever the hell she wants they're not going to stop selling Harry Potter mugs and scarves and bookmarks and I can keep going this Video list games. at every single freaking outlet yeah. in the entire world this is not going to it's not going to stop so she can say whatever she wants really that's a depressing thought oh uh, but a truthful one yeah well anyway I, I'll be JK you be the entire publishing industry. Okay. Fine. Um, stop being weird about trans people, you fucking weirdo. Okay, I will. All right. There we go. We settled Solve. It. Problem we solved. We solved it. Let me take a um, sip of this Harry Potter mug. Yeah, everybody can still uh, can go back to liking Harry Potter, I guess. I don't know. Whatever. Um, thanks to Boutwell Studios. Uh, thanks, Brad. You're welcome. Uh, for putting together this show as always and uh, check us out online at sidewalk film or sidewalkfest.com where you can find what we're playing at the cinema and stay up to date on everything that we're doing at sidewalk come see a movie with us bye bye batwell studios podcast division your words our expertise